You are listening to Hope for Women with Father Wounds, Episode 3, Knowing God as Father, Part 2, What to Do When God is Silent. I am your host, Kia Stevens. This podcast is for women who have experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship as a result of divorce, abandonment, abuse, incarceration, addiction, or a physically present but an emotionally absent father. The aim of this podcast is to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Today's episode is part two of a three-part series, Knowing God as Father. Our focus today is what to do when God is silent. Silence is a major barrier to embracing God as our Heavenly Father. When we are hurting, confused, need advice or encouragement, Sometimes opening up the word of God is a chore. Not only that, it can sometimes feel like a last resort. Our first choice may be to phone a friend, a parent, or read a book, but reaching out to God may sometimes feel, if we are honest, insufficient. I have definitely experienced this, and when I examined my why a little more closely, I discovered it had to do with trust issues. As much as I hate to admit it, I have them. They show up at the most undesirable times. They've caused me to question my friends, my spouse, and even GPS. Generally, I'm okay as long as there is some form of communication, but it's in the silence when I start to lose it. You send a text, but there's no response. You called a week ago and no one calls you back. You're following directions, but GPS stops talking. It's in these times when I get uncomfortable. Beginning as uneasiness, internal doubt surfaces, and fear eventually joins the party. Before you know it, I'm swimming in full-blown uncertainty, second-guessing anyone and anything in close proximity. But the stakes are raised when I transfer my trust issues to God. I noticed this deceitful habit in counseling while going through a six-week curriculum. What I discovered is there is a relationship between the type of biological fathers we grew up with and how we view God. My parents got divorced when I was just a baby and subsequently I spent little to no time with my dad. Inadvertently, I developed a view of God as being silent, distant, and uninterested in the intimate details of my life. Sure, I believed in God, but I assumed there were certain areas of my life he did not care to address. Topping off the list would be my broken heart. Years seemed to accumulate like dust without ever seeing the changes I wanted to see in me. I questioned whether God was listening at all. I mean, what type of God would intentionally not answer our prayers? If God was a good God who loved his children, why would he allow circumstances in our lives, encourage us to pray to him about them, and then not answer? I never questioned God's existence, but I questioned his character publicly. Thankfully, my rant met some opposition. I was forced to determine whether my faith in God was contingent on answered prayer. My honest answer was yes. But forcing God into an answer my prayer box would make him nothing more than a genie here to serve me. God is not governed by the ever-changing whims of man. He is sovereign. Following him requires acceptance of this truth. My faith cannot waver based on answered and unanswered prayer. I must trust that God's actions are always purposeful, even when he is seemingly silent. 
We see this on the cross. Jesus cried out to God the Father at the epicenter of his work on earth. He suffered immensely. He was hungry, humiliated, stripped, mocked, beaten, flogged, pierced, betrayed, and dying a very public and gory death on a cross. One of these scenarios alone was enough to send the least attentive parent running to the aid of their child. But Christ's communication with his heavenly father was met with silence. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew twenty-seven forty-six. Here, the word forsaken means to abandon, desert, and leave in straits. These are not the actions of a father in relationship to his son. No one expects this of a loving father, let alone a holy God. In the midst of Jesus' most unbearable moments, the unthinkable happened. His heavenly father was silent. There was no, hang in there, you got this champ, or I believe in you. Nothing. Why? God could not answer Christ's question because of the sin Christ bore as he hung on the cross. Our sin that Christ took on created a barrier between him and God the Father. This was God's redemptive plan from the beginning. God's silence was not a reflection of a lack of love for his son. It was more a demonstration of his great love for all mankind. It spoke of a plan set into motion before Christ left heaven and came to earth. Had God the Father intervened, salvation would not be a reality for you and me. God's silence was a demonstration of his great love for us. In completing his work on the cross, Jesus held on to the love and affirmation God had previously communicated. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Matthew 3 and 17. Christ demonstrated how to handle silence for all of us. He did not panic or abort his earthly mission. He resolved to finish the work of his heavenly father for my sake and yours too. If God is seemingly silent in our lives, we can rest on four truths. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Number one, God loves us. Sometimes life has a way of blindsiding us with difficulties, a broken relationship, a hardship, or a debilitating setback. In those moments, it is tempting to believe God's love is far from us or simply non-existent. 
When we feel this way, we must remind ourselves just how much God loves us. In Romans 8 and 38, the Apostle Paul emphasizes this reality, saying, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In times when I have been at my lowest point, I have often closed my eyes and visualized the life and death of Christ. His existence on earth is the ultimate reminder of God's lavish love for humanity. Why else would anyone humbly endure humiliation, rejection, betrayal, and unbearable pain unless driven by a supernatural love? This love remains unmatched. To date, no one has suffered as he did on our behalf and no one ever will. His sacrifice is a -a one-of-a-kind, tailor-made demonstration of the extravagant love of God. It is isolated and housed in a category all its own. When we feel unloved, we simply need to open our Bibles and read the words of Isaiah 53 and 5 that say, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Before we were immersed in our sin or contemplating it, Christ was pierced and crushed for our sake. His sacrifice afforded us an uneven exchange. He took our punishment while we got peace. And although God the Father could have intervened and opted not to go through with this master plan of redemption, he did not. Christ's sacrifice is a -a one-of-a-kind tailor-made demonstration of the extravagant love of God. Pitted against the love of man, the love of God will always be greater. No love comes close to it, shattering the coldest of hearts, mending the most broken souls, and lifting mankind out of the depths of despair. If you happen to find yourself in a slump today, feeling not valued, unappreciated, and unloved, know that God's lavish love is available for you, and it will forever be evident in the sacrificial love of Christ. Number two, God is sovereign and he has a plan. When life seems chaotic and out of control, God has a plan. His plan was set in motion when the world was first created. If God appears silent, we can trust that what appears to be silence is not an indication that God does not have a plan. We are reminded of this truth in Proverbs 19 and 21 that says many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purposes that prevail. No matter what we face, we can know peace because God has a plan. Number three, although bad things happen, God is good and his nature never changes. As a result of sin entering our world, bad things happen. Christ told us this in John sixteen thirty three. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The world around us is rapidly changing, but God never will. Sis, if you are questioning God because of your present circumstances, know that he is just who he says he is. God is accessible, faithful, a good father, gracious, infinite, just. God is love. He is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. He is patient, perfect, a provider, sovereign, and he is our savior. Number four, God may seem silent, but he speaks. His communication is endless. 
Through the Bible, people, nature, and our circumstances, God communicates his love for us. The challenge is silencing the noise around and within so that we can hear. When God seems silent, it is helpful to remember his unchanging attributes. God is accessible and always near. He is faithful and always keeps his promises. He is a good father. He gives us his spirit, adopts us into his family and makes us his children. He is good. All of his ways are righteous. God is gracious. He bestows kindness on those who do not deserve it. God is love. He always has been. He showed his love by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for our sins. God is sovereign. He controls all things. It may seem as though God is silent, but his infinite attributes speak of his overwhelming love for mankind. As we grow closer to God and we come to know him as our heavenly father, we will begin to trust in who God is rather than in answered prayer. This is our eternal comfort and hope. Whether your dad is deceased, absent, divorced, unavailable, incarcerated, or you don't even know who he is, sis, there is hope for you. Hope to be healed. Hope to be secure. Hope to be free, completely free. Hope to be satisfied with the love of God. Yes, there is hope for women with father wounds. This is episode two of Hope for Women with Father Wounds. I am your host, Kia Stevens. Join me for episode four, Knowing God as Father, part three. God is the perfect father. Hope for Women with Father Wounds is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review so that more listeners can find us. You can learn more about Kia Stevens and her ministry, The Father Swap, by visiting kiastevens.com and fatherswap.com. This episode was produced by me, Kelly Givens, and edited by Steven Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts, just head over to lifeaudio.com. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.